0: Hey there. Are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. I'm glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to your yogiscope for the full moon lunar eclipse that is happening in sidereal Aries in Barani Nakshatra on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022 at 6.02 a.m. So this is your episode for the eclipse. We are in smack in the middle between eclipses right now. Well, not quite smack in the middle anyway. This is the third time I've tried to record this episode because both of the other two times I got really rambly and really tangy and I was trying not to and then I would just get like all in a tizzy because I was rambly and so this time I'm just gonna ramble and if something comes up, usually that's where the interesting stuff is. So I'll try to keep it short and relevant but this is this is who I am as a person apparently. So as always we're gonna talk about the you know, astronomy, the yoga philosophy, the astrology that forms the archetype of what this eclipse represents. So then you can understand how to apply it to your life and yoga practice. And then we'll finish at the end with yoga practices and journal prompts to work with this energy as always. So first, just a quick reminder that There's a membership for this podcast, and that's where I usually go to ask people questions for feedback about topics you want to hear about. Like, for example, normally on the first week of the month, I put out a monthly outlook because I asked the members one time and they said, yes, they like the monthly outlook. It was helpful. So I continue doing that for them. Um, And so I also like I skipped the monthly outlook this time because I was going to put out the eclipse episode next week because the eclipse is next week and I was going to put out a monthly outlook this week and the members said no they would like eclipse information sooner so next week will be sort of a monthly outlook we'll talk about the rest of the stuff sort of happening this month like a good overlook but FYI I bring that up because the membership is not open right now. It used to be that you could just sign up anytime you felt like. Um, but I decided not to do that anymore or for now at least. Maybe one day it will be open that you can sign up anytime you want again. That might be a thing. I reserve the right to do that. But right now I decided I'm making I'm implementing a lot of huge changes to the membership to try and make it more of a community hub than it already is. Um it's already a super supportive community around all this astrology stuff and we get to just like learn out about our charts and stuff together and practice yoga together. It's already pretty connected in that way but I'm just implementing some changes to make it easier to access and easier to integrate into your life. So I thought I would close new signups so I'm not having to do any kind of like onboarding or anything in the meantime while I make it more organized you know, way easier to access and integrate into your life in small chunks and bits because that's the idea is we want to learn our charts and learn astrology and apply it to our life as a practice and integrate it into our daily lives. So that's the idea. It's closed right now. It's going to reopen. So this is why I'm like, I have to say something about it. So jump on the waitlist. If you're not already, you can go to yogiscopes.com waitlist because currently that's the only like, group program I'm offering. I don't have any courses or anything. It's just the membership. And so just go to waitlist, yogiscopes.com slash waitlist. I will also link it in the show notes if you want to do it right this second. Um, You will get, if you join the waitlist, you'll get early access, special deals, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be fun. The whole, like, when I reopen the membership, it's going to be, like, a whole fun thing. There will be a workshop, in fact, to kind of kick off our, new members and, and new time in the membership. So it, you, want, you don't have to join or sign up for the workshop if you don't want to. But so as it's been, we've been having new moon circles in the membership. And the feedback I've gotten is that the time is hard. Like we just can't find a time that works best for everybody. So what we're doing instead is you'll still get... New Moon and now Full Moon practices, rituals, yoga practices you can do and journal prompts you can do on your own time in a pre-recorded format. And then we'll have a time to gather together. And instead of the New Moon Circle, we're going to be doing monthly workshops about topics that members have asked me about. And so we're starting with... Just birth chart basics. So, this is like you don't have to already be an expert in astrology. I'm going to explain the rundown of your birth chart, answer questions that I often get about how to understand a birth chart so that you'll be really set up if you join the membership or if you're already in it um, to really get the most out of the kind of stuff that's in the membership. And if you can't attend live, the recordings of these will, as always, be housed in the membership and there will start to be more um lessons starting, you know, pretty soon. I'm going to I'm pivoting to incorporate weekly lessons. So like when I say a certain yoga practice, there will be just a quick, not like a whole what it's been is like whole hour-long practices to work with um any of these astrological things going on. But instead I decided not everybody has time to go and do an hour-long practice all the time. So maybe you want to just Do one little practice I mentioned, like a mantra or something. And so just all with the intention of making this stuff easier to add to your daily life and just do in little nooks and crannies and integrate it as you go, which is the idea. So that's the overhaul of the membership that's happening right now. I'm really excited to welcome some new folks in there um, at the end of the month when it does reopen. So go ahead and get on the wait list. Pencil in November 20th, Sunday, will be, it'll probably be at 10 a.m. I put out a poll to the current members um, if they want to change the time, even though 10 a.m. was the time that we voted on, like, forever ago. So if you are a current member and you didn't see the poll, ask me about it, um, or go vote in it if you did see it and haven't voted yet. So yeah, that's the housekeeping announcement I wanted to make. Now let's talk about the eclipse. So, first thing I want to mention, because I've been kind of, like, foreshadowing about this, that the eclipse is happening on Election Day here in the U.S. So, if you're not in the U.S., maybe that doesn't matter so much. Um, U.S. politics do tend to be the spectacle in the rest of the world, at least in recent years. Anyway, it's happening on Election Day, and I think it's interesting because, I don't know about you, but I have been getting all of this mail from two senators who are competing and I guess, like, I'm in their district, they're for U.S. Senate, and um, they are just straight trashing each other. And I'm getting flyers about it in the mail and have been for weeks. And the big issue, if you haven't been following the news, which I'm sure you have, you can't miss it, is there's a lot of stuff going on right now around Women's rights, specifically abortion rights. And I think it's interesting that this election day is fall or so this eclipse, which we'll talk more detailed into it. So, this eclipse is happening in sidereal Aries in the nakshatra of Barani. And so, if you've listened to the episode I put out a few months ago when Rahu moved into Barani, Barani is symbolized by the female reproductive organs a yoni is the way they phrase it uh they say yoni but really what we mean is like the vulva the women's reproductive organs and so it's interesting that there's an eclipse happening on election day here in the u.s where female reproductive rights is like really on the table for discussion so there it I don't, like, I'm not a political expert, y'all. This is why I became an astrologer instead of, like, I don't know, a pundit somewhere doing that shit, right? Like, um. but from what I see is that there, there's a lot of talk about how this election goes and what it means for the future of women's reproductive rights. And so I say women, like, with an X, like, I mean, uh, you know. Like, I mean, to be inclusive with my terminology. Anyway, this is on the table for this election. So it's kind of a big deal. And that's just one piece that I wanted to mention because, you know, we can use astrology to look at what's happening on the collective for sure. But it's also just the way I like to approach it in general anyway is like, okay, that's a big thing. And I'm sure it's on all of our minds. But what can we... Do about it, we can vote. And beyond that, um, Mars is retrograding in Gemini right now, so probably don't go trashing people in the comments on social media. That's only going to cause more inflammation in your own mind. So if you can do it in, like, a grounded way, be, be in the comments on social media, I mean, um, then sure, fine, do that. But just be careful that that... um kind of energy, inflammatory speech, especially in the comments on social media or wherever you find yourself talking to other people about this kind of stuff, it might be a little extra inflammatory right now, and being just inflammatory with your speech never changed anybody's mind, but you're probably going to feel like it, so for your own self-care, please stay out of the comments right now, especially during election time, especially, and so, this is, so... I get sidetracked. Maybe I should rewind. I don't know. So this Aries is ruled by Mars. And that's where Rahu is. That's where the eclipse is happening. Mars is retrograde right now. And we have on next Friday. So this is the kind of stuff that if I had my shit together more than I do. I have my shit together pretty well for somebody that has a seven-month-old and a three-year-old. Anyway, um, we have next week after you know, after the election, right? You know, we have Venus will be entering Scorpio. Mars will retrograde back into Taurus, which is on a um, axis with Scorpio. And Scorpio is the other Mars ruled sign. And so if you didn't know this, now you do. I'm going to tell you, I'll remind you that any, when we say axis in astrology, we mean any signs that are, so like in the sky, they would be directly across from each other. Um, They're seven signs apart. So like Aries and Libra make one. Taurus and Scorpio make one. um, Virgo and Pisces make one. Aquarius and Cancer. Or sorry, I mean Capricorn and Cancer. Aquarius and Leo. So these are like most I just mentioned of the axes. These signs that are across from each other. And in Western astrology, there are all these different aspects that we talk about. And so you might have heard of like trine, square, quintuple. I don't know. There's a shit ton of them in Western astrology. In Vedic astrology, every planet has a drishti. You might have heard that in your yoga classes before. Drishti, a gaze, which means it's used interchangeably with like aspect, Um, which like in a functional nature means that planet is kind of also working on whatever sign house in your chart it's looking at, drishti, it's gaze, where it's looking, that's aspect, and so in Vedic astrology, we have a lot less aspects, but every axis is like a mutual aspect, if that makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, don't worry about it, or you can reach out to me and ask me about it, and that's the kind of thing I'll be filling in in the membership, like just a quick little three to five minute lesson about all of these different concepts that I might be likely to bring up on the podcast so that. If you want to, at various points, dive more deeply into your astrology study, you can do so in a bite-sized way that, like, really fits into your life. That's my goal. Um, And so that I can quit feeling like I need to explain the whole entire concept of everything that I bring up on the podcast. But I don't want to gatekeep astrology either. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want to teach you how to understand it so you can interpret it for yourself. That's also part of my goal because like I was saying before um, it's cool to know what's happening on the collective and know that any given energy that we might individually being affected by like I mentioned the Mars retrograde feeling spicy feeling inflammatory with our speech so is everybody else so you can like be on the lookout for that right but then um, so anyway this Mars energy is not going away all month is what I was trying to get out with that so we have this Full moon lunar eclipse in a Mars ruled sign while Mars is retrograde. And then after the eclipse, we have all these planets moving into uh, Scorpio and Mars itself is moving in from Gemini, which kind of rules over like speech and communication, among other things, um, to put that probably too simply, back into Taurus, which is on an axis with Scorpio, meaning it's... um. Just this Mars energy is like not going away. This Mars uh, theme of like inflammation and um, do I say, dare I say transformation? I don't know. We'll get into it. So part of the energy of this eclipse is the fire element, which Mars totally like rules over the fire element. And if you know, in yoga philosophy, the concept of tapas, which we'll talk about it. So when we get to the yoga practices and journal prompts towards the end, Um, we'll talk about how tapas plays in, how you can use that as like how to help work with this energy. Right. Um, and, and I'll of course explain it if you're not familiar with that term, because maybe not everybody is. So that's what I wanted to say about election day. Actually, I wanted to say less than that. Um, but here we are. So that's what's happening on the collective. It's on election day here in the U S where, The major topic is women's reproductive rights, you know, folks with uteruses, reproductive rights. And so that particular anatomy, the female anatomy, is the symbol for Barney Nakshatra. And so the whole archetype is being activated, being brought up. And so this is how, like, when you look at astrology, or at least when I look at astrology, we look at the archetypes of the signs of the planets and we see where those archetypes are showing up in our life and on the collective and that is like what astrology is for. Right? In my opinion, at least that's how I approach it. So, um yeah, so how is the archetype of female anatomy showing up in your life? Okay, that might not have been a helpful question. So, let's get into it. Let's get into more of what that archetype represents so that you can more fully examine what areas of your life are being impacted right now by this. So the womb, if you will, which is actually, so the the symbol for Bharani nakshatra is a yoni. So it's not technically quite the womb. So it's really like the portal, right? And the eclipses are already, considered to be like portals. They're turning points. They're like this massive change in energy that happens. So they happen twice a year. Actually, technically four times a year because there's two sets of two at least every year. But anyway, eclipses are characterized by the sun and the moon kind of not being at their best. They are blotted out by these shadow planets of Rahu and Ketu, meaning Our vitality during the solar eclipse can be a little bit lower. Our clarity in mind and emotions can be a little bit lower during lunar eclipse because that's what the moon represents is like your mind and emotions. And so full moons, as we know, I mean, there's like some decent evidence of this. Ask anybody that works in a hospital or an ER, there's like, just crazy amounts of stuff that happen on the full moon. Full moons are like already kind of chaotic energy-wise. And then um the lunar eclipse is like we are not at our best in mind and emotion. So that's what I was kind of trying to get at with the whole Mars thing. It's like Mars is retrograde. Just be careful, try not to have any emotional outbursts. That's why it really honestly, it's like good to lay low during eclipse times, especially during the time between the eclipse. And do you know I don't know if I said I can't even remember if I said this 15 minutes ago in the beginning of the episode. That is my third time trying to record this episode because I just like there's some block happening right now. I'm just like I can't articulate what I'm trying to articulate and I don't know if it's well I do it's like it feels like a combination of being in between the eclipses and Mars being retrograde. It just feels like I'm trying really hard to say something, and I don't want to come off wrong. I don't want to be inflammatory with my speech. Um, and I, I want to be clear. And it feels like what I'm trying to say is like not coming out in the clearest way. So you might be experiencing that too um, in your life, because that's kind of the energy that's going on. But so back to talking about Barney, being the yoni, being the portal. Can we explore that archetype of birth like what is the yoni like for biologically is for giving birth like it's our reproductive organs right and so often especially those of us that enjoy astrology we set you know new intentions for what intentions we're trying to bring forth at every new moon and we set intentions at the full moon to kind of like pare back and cut away things that are no longer serving us that might have been a past intention right you know like sometimes we set intentions and it's like okay that worked for a while and now we need to set a new intention but to bring the new intention in we need to get rid of the old and so that's kind of the the cycle we do with the moons the new and full moons but I want to ask you how often do we consider how often do you consider what the process of birth is actually like as it relates to setting your intentions. So if you've never given birth, I'm going to kind of explain some of what it's like to you without, I'm not one to go into the gory details. So I've had two children. Um, and I'm not going to go into the gory details. So don't worry about that. But I'm going to explain some things that like before I was ever pregnant with my first kid and I started researching this stuff on my own. Nobody ever told me this shit. I had no idea. Like we have this, um idea from the movies i guess and tv of what birth is like and it is nothing like i thought before i was there and so a lot of folks their first birth is a very like of an actual human i'm saying and i'm explaining this to explain like if you're trying to birth something else in your life whether it's an actual human or like a big project whatever um which you might be, especially while Rahu is in Barney, um, and then it, this eclipse season can be a good time to kind of bring those things forward. So let's just understand the archetype of birth a little better. And so this, you, you know, maybe maybe you have heard a little bit about it because that's a lot of the stuff I've seen going around with the reproductive rights conversation I was talking about that's like kind of been at the forefront of our minds lately. I think I've seen more talk about like this is why maybe we shouldn't force people to give birth because birth is fucking scary and traumatic, can be, because a lot of people go in and they they have no idea like what they're, what's gonna happen right so, they they call it labor when a person is about to give birth, we collectively say they're going into labor. And so there's some movements out there in the birthing world, which this is like pretty niche. If you're not like a birth worker, you might not know this. But um, in the birthing world, and I, this is fresh on my mind because I have a three-year-old and a seven-month-old. So I've been pretty much in that birthing world like a lot for the past few years of my life just as a person giving birth. But there's movement to call it something else. And now the word is escaping me other than labor. But when you start having contractions, so that, so they're like, we want to call it something else because labor sounds like scary, right? Well, it kind of like, honestly, it kind of is scary or it can be. It doesn't have to be scary, but what it is is work. It is work to go into labor and to give birth to a whole entire human to fit like, you know, a freaking 10 centimeter head through a much smaller than that hole, right? Um, and then... You're not done. So once you give birth and you go through that whole process, no matter how you give birth, um, here's also something that no, nobody ever told me about before I took a birthing class when I was pregnant with my first child. There is a point in labor that is called transition. Which So I'm going to say this eclipse is kind of like transition in labor, I think. And what transition is, is it's this moment where... The baby has moved down enough to for the the birthing person to start pushing that baby out. So it's a transition point in labor where instead of working the baby down to to get it out, you're actually getting it out. Like now the baby is going to start coming out. Right. Like you're giving now you're giving birth. Not you're not just like getting ready for birth. You're now you're giving birth and transition is characterized Birth workers, people that have been in it for a long time, will say, they'll tell you, they can tell that the person has reached transition when they feel like they can't do it anymore. That is, like, what it's characterized by. They're like, and I went through this with my first kid. I had home births with both of my children. If you want to hear about my birth story, that's actually the first time I started to record this podcast. I was like, I'm going to tell my birth story. And then I decided I should not do that because it's not important. But if you want to know, I'm happy to tell you. But I did uh, have home births with both my kids and with my first and I wouldn't have done that without all the education that I went and got for myself before I had my kids um, when I was pregnant with my first. But it was I was like in labor for a really long time and I reached this point I was at home. So I like drugs weren't an option. For me, and that was kind of important because I'm in recovery. So anyway, that's a side note that it's not important to this conversation. But I reached that point where I was like, take me to the hospital. I want drugs. And they were like, no. And that was good because then my son was born a few hours later. I was in transition. I didn't know. I knew transition was a thing. I had been told about it before. But it was so visceral and real. I was like, I don't care. I'm done. I want drugs. I can't do this anymore. I was like, I need an out. I cannot do it anymore. And that's transition. So if you get that archetype, I think, in my opinion, this eclipse is transition for whatever you're trying to birth. And if you don't know, so like if, the, if this is your first episode listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, this is a particularly wild one, and I hope you stick around. But if it's not, if so, if you've listened to the Rahu and Barney episode, or if you've been around a while, you may know that eclipses happen on the Rahu and K2 axis, like I was talking about before. And Rahu and K2 stay in signs for a year and a half. So we will have two more sets of eclipses on this axis. And like I mentioned last eclipse episode, this is actually the first one. So we already had an eclipse... No, no, that's a lie. Sorry, I misspoke. We did have an eclipse in Aries earlier this year, around May or April or May. And then we had, instead of an eclipse in Libra, that, this is weird, we had one in Scorpio. And so you can go back and listen to episodes if you want to hear more about that. But the point is, I don't mean to say that right now, like whatever you're trying to birth, um, now is your only chance That's, in fact, the opposite of what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is, like, especially look to where Aries and Libra are in your chart. And that might be, like, what you're trying to birth um, related. You might be going through major changes. And if you feel like giving up during the eclipses in Aries. So, this is the second one. I misspoke. It's the second one in Aries for this cycle. This 18-year Rahu and Ketu cycle. Um... If you feel like giving up, just know that during the other eclipse sets, you will probably also feel like giving up. The eclipses in, from my understanding, like this is the way it seems to me, it's like transition. And I'll just tell you a little behind the scenes, Aries and Libra in my chart are on my third and ninth houses, respectively. So third house is very related to the business I do. It's like media. So podcasting is a very third house thing. And so my membership is a very third house thing. And I'm, like I said at the beginning of the episode, making major changes to the membership right now. And the thought has crossed my mind a couple times to just say, ah, fuck it, this is hard. You know, (laughs) like, it's hard work that I'm doing behind the scenes related to the membership. And I just have to remind myself, like, no, that is the sort of transition energy That is going on right now. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that wasn't TMI. Um, But you'll learn something about me. If you stick around for a while. Is that I share very openly. And it's always from a place of like something that I've like definitely processed through. I try not to just like trauma dump all over you. But I might be a little less socially acceptable than most um and the folks that appreciate that stick around and the folks that don't don't whatever. So anyway, if you are trying to birth something in your life, just know it's not as simple as setting this pretty little new moon intention and doing the new moon ritual and just like having it be pretty and easy and and giving birth because we get this this archetype from the media because this is what I got before I had kids and I realized how like visceral and guttural that stuff was that i thought it was like pretty and flowery and whatever and and babies are beautiful and soft and they smell good and and that was like what i associated with the whole like giving birth thing and it's not like that it's messy it's dirty it's gross it's loud it's you want to quit right so if you're going through something like that in your life i would hope that you stick with it you know, take a break if you have to, breathe through it. Like, that's the kind of things they tell you when you're in actual labor. They're like, breathe through it, like, use your breath to settle yourself, right? So, that's the idea. And then the next thing I wanted to say after transition, then you have to push and you get the baby out. Or, like, if you give birth a different way, whatever, C section, like, it's still hard. I don't want to, like, perpetuate the idea that a C section is, like, the easy way out. It's still hard. You have to get a whole human. Out of your body, and it's hard. And then once you're done with that, then you have to go about raising that human. like you got like 20 more years of hard shit in ahead of you, right? So this is the kind of idea like so if you're birthing something in your life, which this eclipse might bring that about. So if you've been around and you already kind of have some idea or maybe you like are, you already know you're like, yes, I know the big project I'm trying to birth in my life. Um, or maybe you don't. Like it might start coming up now. So for me, it's like this business. This business is like my baby. Aside from my actual babies, right? Like Yogi Scopes is the thing I'm trying to birth in the world. So for you, it might be maybe you want to write a book. Maybe it's like a big project at work. Maybe it's a creative project. And so I don't mean just um little things. Little things. I mean like what is your baby? It could be actual babies. You know what I mean? Um, but this eclipse is going to feel like, eclipse. like I mentioned earlier, eclipses are already these, like, turning points energetically that we see. So that's why I'm saying it's interesting that this is on, on uh, Election Day. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So just a couple more notes about Barney because I hope I really drove home the point I was trying to get about birth. And I hope that was the pep talk you needed, that if you're going through some hard shit trying to bring something into the world... That it's okay that it's hard, because I feel like we get this message a lot also that if something's not effortless, it's not worth doing, or that if something's, um, you know, what is it in the spiritual community that it's like, if it's not aligned, you'll be able to tell. Isn't it? Like, no, if so, just because something's hard doesn't mean it's not aligned for you, right? Um, so yeah, that's my piece about that. I hope that makes sense. Um, and then also, like, once you give birth to something, the work's not over, like, then you have a whole human to raise or a whole, like, thing to nurture. Um, and so Barney translates. It sounded like I said Barney, like the purple dinosaur. Barney translates to um, the woman who bears. So what is it that you're trying to bear forth into this life, right? And Barney is also ruled by Venus, which Ketu is in a Venus ruled sign and a Rahu ruled nakshatra right now. So it's just this whole like masculine, feminine, um this it, it's just so like at the forefront right now because of these energies. Um and then Barney also has a ruling deity of Yama. And so this is what I want to try to get at this whole time. Like, so we're moving into Scorpio season. Like, all the planets are moving into Scorpio. And Scorpio has a very, like, I always like to say Scorpio in the eighth house. Because they they have similar archetypes. It's a very, like, death card archetype. Like, in tarot, if you're familiar with tarot. I'm really not. But I do know that the death card doesn't mean, like, literal death. It means like death and rebirth and that's kind of the similar like ego death perhaps kind of it doesn't mean like literal like you're going to kick the bucket death. It means like like ego death like you have to let parts of you die to bring forth this new whatever and so that's another thing with giving birth. I am not the same person I was before I had children and most people that give birth will say that like that's not like the the parents are are born again too. like the the people like maybe I should hesitate to say that because I'm like we do need to find ourselves again after having kids or after like but it's going to be different like some part of you is going to die and that's okay when you when you give birth to a new thing it could be recovery it could be a project it could be actual children just know that whatever it is if you're trying to birth something a new way of being whatever some part of you has to die. And that's why this whole archetype of Barney that it's so it's the female sex organs, which is like, you know, we have male and female and that's what it takes to make a baby. Right. But the the actual creation and nurturing uh, of growing of that new thing, the incubating takes place with the, the female, at least in our, you know, species. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to get at. In the most in- inclusive language way possible. I hope you'll forgive me if I was not as inclusive I'm trying to be. Um, so this this whole like death and rebirth, ruled by a deity that represents death, symbolized by something that represents birth, ruled by Venus, which represents like creativity, um, feminine femininity, uh, that kind of thing, right? So, Barney is very, like, nurturing, like, give birth. And then, so, it's also, um, it's the, so, the star that it's represented by, like, so, nakshatras are also sometimes called stars because they are a star or two or three out of a constellation. And the star that it's associated with is a really hot star. So, this brings in, like, the fire archetype, which is what I was mentioning before about tapas, so the whole thing I'm trying to get at when I bring up what birth is actually like, you know, this whole death and rebirth transformation, transition, when I was talking about that, is like this eclipse is more so than usual, usual eclipses. Usual eclipses already are considered like a portal, uh, like what you do now is going to affect the future. It's going to like resonate into the next, you know, coming months for sure, years perhaps. Right? So I don't say that to like put pressure on you. I'm not trying to say like like oh shit, scramble to like do something. You know, I just mean like if you are plotting ahead, putting one foot in front of the other, trying to show up in the way you want to show up to create whatever it is in this life you want to create, that's powerful. Like there's power in that. Um and it could be something really small that you're doing to to bring that about because like I was mentioning too, we have two more sets of eclipses in Aries and Libra. So Um, it's going to be like, we're going to be birthing portions of whatever it is we're trying to birth over the next year, basically, um, we'll be working with this energy. And so it's a very like, um, so in, in the Vedic system, we have the fire element, we see that show up with like. You know, Pitta Dosha. we see it show up with um, Tapas, the Fire of Transformation, Agni. So there's also like within the fire element, there are different sort of like types. So um, there's the Fire of Refinement, there's like the Spark. And so Barani is more related to the Spark. It has the qualities of that Spark of when the fire is very first ignited right? It has this quality of spark. So that's what I hope I've driven that point home. That is like, there is a spark happening right now. And maybe it's like a spark of transition of like, you're getting something out, or maybe it's a spark of something new is about to begin. So how can we embody this energy in our yoga practice? You know, I was going to get there. Um, so you might revisit the Rahu and Barney episode. We're going to talk about some of those same things again. Um, We're going to revisit pelvic floor and diaphragmatic breathing. Those are some themes that will be coming up because the yoni, pelvic floor, whether you have a yoni or not, you have a pelvic floor. So in diaphragmatic breathing, a lot of times we get, we do what's called reverse breathing and that causes problems with our muscle coordination, especially if you have given actual literal birth to humans, no matter how you gave birth, um, it can get messed up. And for a lot of us, it does anyway from chronic shallow breathing. So Pelvic floor and diaphragmatic breathing extra indicated right now. And then in our practice, so in our weekly practice, you can still join these for drop-in even if you're not in the membership, but in our weekly practices next week, we'll be exploring open and closing movements because, and especially with the shoulders and upper body because related to Mars retrograde, if you go back and listen to that episode, if you haven't already, um, Mars is kind of related to the shoulders and stuff, so we'll be exploring that open and closed movements for embodying the, like, death and rebirth, this, like, turning inwards to explode outwards kind of, um, archetype, and then also we'll probably do a pigeon pose in our practice, or even if we don't in our practice, pigeon pose is a good one, so I did a Instagram post about this yesterday, um why hip openers are considered like emotional or like why, why people say emotions get stored in the hips and so I explained it more on that Instagram post you can go find it it said why do we cry during hip openers or something like that I go find the reel I made um and read the explanation but the idea is poses like pigeon pose or at least why I bring that up now are poses that help us ground in the face of intensity so what I'm telling you is this can be an intense time this eclipse period and, and while Mars is retrograde, this is going to be intense. Like, it's, gonna, it's not going to be easy. I'm not trying to, like, fool you and make you think it's going to be sweet and easy. I think it's intense. I think there's a lot of intensity coming our way. Um, and our yoga practice, the greatest gift that it gives us is the tools and practice at using our breath to soften our body, to slow our mind, um, and to ground in the face of intensity. So we'll be working with some of that. In our practices if you join me or if you want to incorporate that into your own practice certainly that's the idea it's not just like pigeon pose for the sake of pigeon pose it's for the sake of grounding in the face of intensity so it could be any pose but that's just the one I brought up as a good example that most of us can relate to and then second chakra work uh, all related to the pelvis you know and second chakra is like flowing movement so kind of embodying this this femininity and um, moving around the pelvis, that kind of stuff will be good to embody this energy as well. And then tapas. So at the risk of like doing a whole other specialty episode right here at the end about like what tapas is, it's, you can look it up. It is the fire of transformation. It's this idea in yoga philosophy that to transform, we have to go through a fire. The fire of transformation, which is tapas. It it takes heat. It takes tenacity. It takes everything I've mentioned in this episode so far. So those are some themes you can explore in your own practice or you can join us for a practice. You can go to yogiscopes.com classes mm-hmm. to find that. And so, you know what? I'm only going to share the journal prompts with the members this time or with people who ask me because I'm running out of time. And so, just a final thought I want to leave you with is don't leave five minutes before the miracle. You might be in transition, right? Don't dig up the seeds that you've planted. Just continue nurturing them. And that's all. So, make sure you go jump on that waitlist for the membership. I do still have reading's open if you want a reading about how this is um might be affecting you personally so final reminder that i always say please remember to keep your feet on the ground your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time friends stay hydrated mars is retrograde a lot of fiery energy going on talk to you soon